Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jordan Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Hey, let's get right into it. Jason Fitz from ESPN joins us right now on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Sports uh, Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio all across this fine land. 7 o'clock until 9 o'clock on the weeknights. And we're going to talk some sports. I want to know, Belichick, Brady, who's missing each other a little bit more? Maybe even a thought or two on LeBron in the NBA Finals with uh, Jimmy Butler uh, and his performance. But uh, as a musician, we begin with some sad news. And Eddie Van Halen has passed away at the age of 65. Uh, Jason, my first cassette tape, Van Halen, 1984, Jump. Uh, sad day in the music I, I, world. I had no idea. I mean, it's the first, like, I, I've literally been running around like a chicken with my head cut off. I had not heard that. And, I mean, that is a, I mean, that you talk about for musicians that are my age, Eddie Van Halen was part of life. I mean, it's just like, I mean, I'm stunned. I'm shook. And, and you know, for anybody that doesn't know my background with the, the fiddle, when I first started playing fiddle stuff, what I tried to do was take uh, what I thought were iconic guitar players and really rip apart their approach as guitarists to apply that to myself as a fiddle player. So my background was all in that sort of rock world. And, you know, for me, you start talking about Eddie Van Halen, you talk about somebody that could play a million notes but always knew the right ones to play at the right times. And that's more difficult than it sounds. I mean, there's this fine line for guitar players on, you know, playing something that's super singable as a solo versus playing something that's acrobatic as a solo. And he's one of the few that knew how to walk that line every step of the way. So... I mean, that's a, a, another tragic loss for the music industry, which has suffered so many over the last few years. And, you know, it's, a, it, it's just guitar players will study his work for generations. His, his legacy will live on long, long, long past his families. So it, it's really incredible. Listen, Jason, I could sit here and talk music with you all day. Unfortunately, Brent's not going to allow that to happen. Oh, yeah, Will. Well, not all day. <laughs> yeah, all day. But um, in, in terms of Eddie Van Halen, and I was blessed enough to come from a family who celebrated um, great music and skilled musicians, and obviously Van Halen um, was among those works. So I was very um, educated with you know what he w- brought to the game of, of, of rock music um, and just his music theory. Um I guess to my only question to you about Eddie Van Halen was what, like, to you, like, what was the defining characteristic that made him who he was, right? I mean, obviously, you can go back to the riffs on Unchained and take uh, your whiskey home. You can do all that stuff. You can say how fast he was. But from you being a musician yourself, like, what's the one thing that you take away from Eddie Van Halen? Well, no, I mean, as much as you mentioned how fast he was, I think the biggest thing about Eddie Van Halen is that playing that many notes and playing them cleanly, and what I mean by that is, discernibly like it's so easy to get sloppy when you play a lot of notes Mm. he was such a technician with his ability to fly through it and the closest classical music equivalent i could give uh, that that really came to mind when i first started studying his work in general is fly to the bumblebee which is really difficult to play in a violin because you have to make sure your left hand is moving at the same exact pace as your right hand to really properly articulate it and that's what eddie van halen made look he made that look effortless so i mean that i think that is no, I, nobody did speed and accuracy cleaner than he did, and that, that will be his legacy as a guitar player forever. 
Uh, Eddie Van Halen dead at the age of 65. This news just in in the last uh, 10 minutes and uh, had, was battling cancer, uh, one of the greats of all time. And, and I think Jason Fitz summed it up best. Uh, I think they'll be watching and learning and, and what Eddie Van Halen did on the guitar for decades and decades to come in the music world. All right, let's talk a little bit of sports now. Uh, Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, Jason Fitz, 7-9 with Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio all across the country. Uh, Belichick did a nice job last night against Kansas City, uh, but I do have this question Today, as you look at these two guys that we've always put in the same sentence, Belichick and Brady, uh, who's missing the other more right now? Well, that's a great question because, you know, the, the funny part about Brady is he's having success. Everybody's talking about the five touchdowns, but he has also thrown four picks this year. So, you know, I think that is significant. But, frankly, Brian Hoyer failed the Patriots on Sunday or on Monday, and, and that's I mean, that's clear. The only reason that Hoyer has a job with the Patriots is because he was supposed to be able to do this exact thing, come in in a pinch and run the offense. And not only did he not run the offense well, but he was lost and made mistakes that veterans can't make, didn't know the system. I just got to wonder how bad Jarrett Stidham is that Brian Hoyer even got that call because Hoyer was not good. And that, I did, to me, that was the most, the biggest surprise of the game was I really thought Hoyer would be able to come in and not be Cam at all but know the offense well enough that they'd be able to come in and at least generate some points. They got nothing done. They looked bad, and some of his just boneheaded mistakes took them out of scoring opportunities throughout the course of the game. So uh, right now I think Belichick's missing a quarterback, but that's going to normalize itself. And the Patriots have proven themselves to be a very good football team this year. Yeah, I think the the Hoyer play down near the goal line at six to three. I mean, it was just like wow. Like, it was gross. Know, it was terrible. It's hard to play quarterback in the NFL. I get it. I don't try to say it's easy. But as a guy who's played quarterback in terms of Hoyer in the league before, how he didn't feel that pressure. And in that situation, to have a chance to tie the game up as good as their defense had played, Austin. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was just a brutal mistake. Yeah, it was, it was a horrible mistake. Um, speaking of defense a little bit, and actually we saw a rare occurrence where we saw some pretty good defensive play last night, for at least for the first half. But, Jason, my question to you is, and listen, I'm a defensive guy, and it's breaking my heart right now. We're seeing whether you play fantasy football or whether you're just a casual NFL fan, it's apparent that right now that defenses are struggling and the NFL and when the pandemic hit you know and obviously training camps got shortened a little bit I was under the philosophy that defense is going to come out and you know fire on all cylinders just because I feel like it takes more time to integrate that offense to get on the same page but it's the exact opposite we're seeing offenses right now put up record numbers and defenses struggle what do you attest to that well and you make a great point a couple of weeks ago I was sitting there watching the Thursday night game with Mike Golick Jr. And Golick pointed out that usually the first couple of days in camp even, defensive linemen kick offensive linemen butt because it takes a little while for O-line to get communication. We were talking about the lack of pass rush. And honestly, Austin, I think what's happened is defensive coordinators really love to have fancy, complicated schemes. The problem is when you haven't had all offseason to study these fancy, complicated schemes, now you've got guys thinking, and there have been so many communication errors. I mean, just when a receiver is that open in the NFL in general, it's rarely because they did something right. It's usually because the defender did something drastically wrong. And we're seeing a lot of that. You're seeing bad eye discipline from the defensive side of the ball, and you're seeing bad communication. And I think, unfortunately, the best way to fix that is to get everybody in one room to work it out, really talk it through, be able to practice some of these scenarios. But we can't do that. So I'm not sure it's going to normalize this year, and that's going to be one of the bigger stories. We're going to see – record-setting passing numbers across the league because 
secondaries particularly are just lost in games, and I'm shocked by it. Yeah, last week I raised the question, is defense dead? I mean, yeah. it, it just feels like it. Uh, Jason, it feels like it's flag football. If, if you, To be honest with you, I think there are so many good offensive minds now at the college game and the NFL game, from Shanahan to McVay to LaFleur to others, uh, that the defense is even in the SEC. Defense doesn't exist that much. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's There are outliers. I get it, right? Indianapolis defense is pretty good right now. New yeah. England plays good defense here and there, but it's not going to win big. It doesn't look like it's going to win big. You have to do just enough on defense. I almost wonder at this stage, and and believe us, we're talking a lot about defense right here in Jacksonville because they can't stop anybody. And I think if you're a defensive mind or if you're a coach, I think all you hope for right now is kind of what Oklahoma has hoped for the last decade. Just make two or three plays in the game or bend that sucker but don't break, right? <laughs> Just kick yeah. field goals and then we'll go outscore you. If, if you're a GM, if you're building a team, whether it's college or the NFL right now, you are loading up on offense and just stop that other team maybe two or three times in a game and we hope we outscore you it's like madden i mean we're, we're watching madden football and that it's kind of funny but it's also you know you make the point about coaches and i think one of the things we have to at least acknowledge is that quarterbacks who used to have to come into the league and spend years learning how to be air quotes a professional quarterback well now it, you're seeing coaches come in and say okay what's this guy do well and how can i do that and make sure I implement some of that in my offense. I mean, the fact that you got Joe Burrow throwing 60 times a game is just sort of staggering when you think about even what the Bengals are doing with the top overall pick, and they have running backs, you know. So there's this level of when you look at the gaudy numbers that quarterbacks put up, I mean, uh, Aaron Rodgers was, what, 23 or 27 last night? It feels like completions are a given. They're getting rid of the ball super quick, and defenses aren't doing well enough to adjust. So I'm with you. A part of it is smart coaching from the NFL guy. So I will give the offensive side some credit. Jason, Monday afternoon, it was the end of an era as Bill O'Brien got fired. Pretty great coach, not so good GM. Um, me personally, though, it affected me a lot because the Houston Texans were my lifeblood. Um, I went on their Twitter mentions all the time and I saw what they say about Bill O'Brien. Like that, that got me through a lot of days, right? Like, I thrive on chaos as long as it's not in Jacksonville. I eat chaos for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and the Houston Texans Twitter was chaos. Well, now he got fired. J.J. Watt's happy. The whole city's happy, and I have to say goodbye to the Houston Texans Twitter. My question to you, and I know the obvious answer is going to be the Jets, but who do I tie my wagon now to in terms of chaos? Who can I look in the mentions and be like, you know what? It's bad in Jacksonville, but it's even worse there. Now, keep in mind, I get it. The Jets are there, but you have to ask yourself, how long is Adam Gase going to be there for? Any other teams on your radar right now that I can tie my way into and be like, you know what, I guess it's not so bad in Jacksonville? Well, the easiest answer to this one actually isn't the Jets because when you're as terrible as the Jets are, who cares who gets fired? I think the the most uh, interesting firing is going to be the sooner-than-later firings that are going to come in other places. Like Dan Quinn for the, the Falcons, obviously, is going to be on the hot seat because they have a, t- a lot of talent, but – as much as I don't want to believe he's on the hot seat, Zimmer in Minnesota, I mean, they just gave him a bunch of money. But think about this. Kirk Cousins is under contract for them. If they cut Kirk Cousins after this season, it's a $42 million dead cap hit next year. So Kirk Cousins can't go anywhere. And the Vikings were supposed to be good. I mean, the Vikings are, are staring a dumpster fire of a season directly in the face. I don't know I don't know that they're going to be uh, really patient there. And that whole fan base 
is still angry about Kirk Cousins getting paid. So that's your best shot. Like, you got to find somebody that hates their quarterback. And, and the Falcons <laughs> the fans just aren't passionate enough. So, you know, you got to go that way. Thank you, man. That's a good See, call. it just breaks my heart because I had them winning the NFC North this year. Yeah. So like, now it's like, look at myself. So did I. Okay, so so did so I. I thought mode. they were going to win the they, division. Yeah. Take no, the emotion out of it, man. I know. And my second Oklahoma reference, you might want to go to their Twitter, too, because I bet it's not too good it's right good now. Yeah. Well, and Jason, and they tried to be for Wisconsin, by the way, on picking the Vikings over the Packers and see how that pans out for you. Not that good. Oh, uh, yeah. Right, yeah, so, no, that's a fair point. Hey, if you really need your mentions to blow up, just tweet Texas is back and just see what happens. <laughs> All right, bro, we wrapping up here. We, we got to we, we, let him go. We, we, what we got you got one more? Uh, we got a game. Want to do a game? I don't know. You got time for a game, game, game go. real quick? You want to do an extra Yeah, shot? come on. Let's do a game. All right, man. Game. Come on. Okay. Got I'm going to be honest with you. I kind of milked this one in because the Jaguars lost. I've been kind of bummed all week. But here. Uh, we're... Get used to it, dude. Yeah. So listen, we're. <laughs> I know. Like, this is a new thing. I know. I know. I know. I'm so desensitized. I'm sorry. All right. So get this. So you're a big fan of Chopped, right? And we're talking about building up franchises, building rosters a little bit. Here's what we're going to do we're going to play the NFL version of Chopped. I'm going to give you four ingredients and you have to make a team out of it. Now, you're starting from scratch, and you make a team. You understand? Yep. All right. So you get a pro bowler, a first-time head coach, a player who go into a, who's going into a second year in 2021, and any player from college football right now. Jason Fitz, build your team. Oh, this is a good one. Okay, so I'm going to hold off on the pro bowler, um, okay. but I'm only going to build on offense because we just we just decided that that's all that matters. Pretty so, much. Uh, I'm going to take – this is easy because we'll bring Trevor Lawrence in, okay. and I'll cheat because then I'm going to bring Dabo in to, to coach Trevor oh, Lawrence, wow. which gives you a first-time head coach. So now i got Dabo and Trevor Lawrence both going to the Jets, and then we'll see where that thing goes next. Uh, but I'm going to give him – Man, okay, so I get – what's the other one? Uh, yep. Second-year player, Josh Jacobs. He okay. gets Josh Jacobs because okay. uh, Josh is an absolute beast, and that leaves me – Because he plays so uh, Raiders. Okay, yeah. Bowl. Yeah, well, I mean, but he's still spectacular. No, no, he is uh, good. You know, threat guy. I appreciate um, it. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, you got to be able to use him. And yep. then I'm going to give you the Pro Bowler, DeAndre Hopkins. All so right. I'm giving you Trevor Lawrence, DeAndre Hopkins, Dabo's coaching him, and if I can't use a current coach at all – then I'm going to bring uh, Brady over, Joe Brady over, from take it from the passing game coordinator. I'll put him in. We can go either way on that. There and it Josh is. Jacobs, DeAndre Hopkins. That was easy. <laughs> All right, that's done. I think he passed, right? I mean, I, I think he. Uh, I think I don't think he got chopped. I think he won it. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna chop we'll that. Can I make it to the defense round? I just gotta make I mean, it hey, to the third. I mean, maybe Bill O'Brien's the GM. You could probably get Hopkins for a cheap price. So there you go, man. All right, oh, okay. yeah, that's, that's fair. Yeah, always start with pillaging Bill O'Brien's roster. Proof is in the pudding on that one. <laughs> and Jason Fitz, thanks for jumping in, man. We'll talk to you next week. Have a good show tonight. You guys are the best. Thanks, boys. All right, Jason Fitz, uh, Spain and Fitz, 7 o'clock, ESPN Radio, all across the country. Check him out. We have a lot of fun with him. Uh, would Ted Allen approve? I think so. I like that. You like that? I do. Uh, gonna be honest, I just I just thought of that question. I mean, like I said, I like I'm, the I'm, games, really, I'm really I like the game on the fly, right? Yeah. And uh, so, can you do it? Right now? Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm taking Trevor Lawrence. So you got a college player, a pro the bowler, enemy. coach. Yep. Um, a pro bowler. See, here's the thing. I want Aaron Donald, right? Because the guy is a game wrecker. But to go around with the point, does defense really matter anymore? Probably not. Who's the best pro bowler on offense? How about, like, Kamara? <sighs> yeah, I'm taking Kamara. But it, it, how long is he going to last for? 
Little in, a little injury hit, just a little injury hit. Yeah, but it's like we talk about. Listen, when you talk about this, is an important part of this, right? Yeah. When you talk about building teams now, yeah. The building of teams is no longer this four to eight, five, you know, year. You'd love for it to happen. Sure. But the bottom line is, you've got to reload at so many positions based on huge salaries, quarterback salaries, and well, let's say certain failures that you're going to have. So kind of yeah. like when we were talking about the Jags, right? We'd say, hey. You're probably a year early for a guy like Kamara if you were to come on the trade block, but go do it anyway. Mm-hmm. I'll take the risk that he's around for 21 and 22, yep. and at least gives me three or four years. So I think those guys are worth the risk if you can see a three- to four-year window. It doesn't have to be four to eight. So check this out. Cancel Trevor Lawrence, okay? He's off the table. You cancel I'm, Trevor I'm going, Lawrence? I'm cancel Trevor I'm going to be enemy. I'm going, I'm going Patrick Mahomes. Any college player I run college football, get this one. Chase. I'm going. Nope. I am gonna go. Let's do it. Kyle Pitts. Ah. Tight end. Very good. And then for the Pro Bowler, go ahead and give me uh, Michael Thomas. So you got Pitts, Thomas, and Mahomes. Mahomes. I'm surprised you didn't take like Tyreek Hill with speed. I know because it's Thomas yeah. is Thomas is a precision guy. He is a precision guy, but I feel like we can get a speed guy someplace else. I think like I think Michael Thomas. Well, Kansas like, City can. They have five. Well, yeah, yeah. Just ask Andy <laughs> Reid for a trade. Um, yeah, I think that's what I would do. Yeah, because Michael Thomas maybe the best in the game right yeah. now. Although well, Michael Thomas, Michael is he, Thomas. Is he Brett? <laughs> I mean, you know, my first two picks were on my fantasy team. Who you got? Michael Thomas and Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. I'm like I'm stacking up the wide receiver. Mm-hmm. They're both hurt. Yeah. Which was probably a bad move anyway, but I was going a little different oh, route. Oh, no, you're, you're, you're feeling yourself. You're feeling like, you know what, I'm going to do something different. I'm, I'm going to be like this new GM, like the, the new school kind of guy, the Sean McVay. Huh? Yep, well, running hurt. backs get hurt. So I'm they like, well, Aaron Jones, he could get hurt, right? Yeah. So I'm like, well, Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, they'll be fine. Sure. Well, they played one game combined. That's correct. <laughs> that is correct. So, well, he was playing last night. Julio was, and then he then went he got hurt again. Hamstring. Those hamstrings are nagging. I don't, don't got to tell you that. You should know. Yeah, yeah, they are. Who would you do uh, real quick? Who would you go with? And by the way, Kyle Pitts. You, you Kyle Pitts believer? Oh, yeah, yeah. You think he's going to be the real yeah, deal? Yeah, I mean, listen, the only thing with Kyle Pitts is go ahead and listen to the tight end if you want, but he ain't. I hear you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's but he's perfect fit for today's world. Sure. Right? He's absolutely a perfect fit. And, I, and I'm not saying he can't block, but listen, wide receivers can block, too. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And there are a lot of wide receivers that do blocking. I think Pitts will do about as much blocking as Chris Conley does. Sure. I, I mean, I think you're going to put him out there and match up nightmares. And he's uh, he's really good, you know. Yeah. And listen, in college, those guys are tough sometimes because they could be running wide open. If you watch last week's game, some of the catches he made, and really the first two games, he's good in traffic. He's mm-hmm. he's a, he's a heck of a player. So I like that pick a lot. That's a wild one, yeah. you know, Because where do we go with like, okay, we're gonna go quarterback? Uh, is it Justin Fields? Is it Trevor Lawrence? Yep. But that's a great call Going on to Kyle Pitts. Mahomes, man. But he might be the game changing guy. Well, and that's right? the thing, right? Like, I mean. I get it. Like tight ends, you can get a lot of places, right? But I feel like the tight ends that can put you over the top, like the Travis Kelseys, the George Kittles, the Mark Andrews of Baltimore, like, listen, they all have one thing in common. They have good tight ends and they're pretty good teams, right? So I think if you can get like that, that tier one, which is like, you know, maybe four or five guys in that tier, if Kyle Pitts can be that guy, then why not take him? Yeah. All right. So where do I have to go? So you have to go a pro bowler, a first-time head coach, a player who will go into a second year in 2021, and any player from college football right now. I'll probably lean with that. You want Trevor Lawrence? I'm yeah. going Lawrence. You want Lawrence. I, I'd probably go Lawrence and Dabble. Bring yeah. it down. Yeah. You know? Sure. I was thinking about this today, too, with Dabble. Real quick side note. Yeah. I wonder if he gets, 
I wonder if this is a good time to get dabbled to the NFL. I'm not talking about Jags, anyone. Because, one, you know you've got a quarterback potentially, right? Say that number one team does say, we're going to go hire you, we're going to pick Trevor Lawrence, right? You get this package deal, which who gets to do that? Like, nobody gets to do that, but you get to do that. But on top of that, does he want to – is this a good time to get uh, poach coaches from college? Because maybe they don't want to deal with what's upcoming. One, the pandemic has really changed the dynamic of of college athletics right now. Two, next year, the ability for college players to make money off likeness and all of that will bring a totally different dynamic in. Mm -hmm. And probably things that we haven't even thought of, but maybe those coaches have thought of. And does that change the dynamic? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think so because I think the, the the comfort level of a guy like Dabo and what he's already built, why not enjoy what you've built? Like I question whether even Alabama would be able to get him because look what you've built. Now that's already kind of built for him, so maybe he would go over there. Mm-hmm. But you've got to want – unless you just need a new challenge, why go start something over in the NFL that, quite frankly, you might even have less control of anyway than you do in the college game? True. Uh, but I wonder, I do wonder, is this the greatest time to be able to poach a college coach because – because of some of those factors, pandemic being one yeah. and the trickle down of that in college athletics, but also the likeness and image stuff. And now you're bringing in a whole different animal when it comes to big time college players, especially in the sport of football. Well, and we're talking about Dabo, too. And listen, I mean, I've never been a college coach before. I know how hard it can be and the, the ego that goes into it. But you have to wonder, like, is there a little bit of ego to Dabo where it's like, all right, what I've done in Clemson, you know, I mean, I've, I've turned this program around. Um, we're a national powerhouse like. A part of him wants to try to go to the NFL and be like, I can do this anywhere. Like, I'm that good of a that coach. That you have to have that ego, yeah. or else you're not going to be successful, I yeah. feel like, right? Yeah, like, so. I mean, once once we take this show to heights unseen, sure. we'll be like, hey, I want to go see if I can do it over here. Exactly. Now, like with like Mike Strzeski at Duke, I mean, that, that, well, you're, wait, what? No, you're yeah. not going anywhere. Oh, no, you're going? Oh, oh, yeah, we're, we're going. We're going. Yeah. Okay. I thought you meant you're going to someplace else. No, but I'm just yeah. saying, that's like the thing. Okay, can I go make it work there? Sure. But, see you, Jackson. Where are we going? <laughs> I don't where are we going? Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. We, we, I mean, I we can still live Wisconsin. in Jacksonville. Okay. You know, we don't have to go anywhere. I got you. Yeah, you, nobody wants you in Wisconsin anymore. I know. That's a good point. We're going, the show's hey, going to be hosted I'll at tell, the Pickle. I'll tell you what I want. By the way, has the pi- does the Pickle get this much love up in Wisconsin as it does down here in Jacksonville? Aaron Rodgers goes there. So, I mean, uh, listen, that's all they need. Aaron Rodgers was here once. And boom. Like, people take pictures of the Pickle now. So, yeah. True. Exactly. Uh, by the way, I, I never answered, finished my I was gonna, thing. I, was, I want you to finish the question. Yeah. Okay. So I go Lawrence. I and go, then Dabo. I go Lawrence, Dabo, and McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey. As my pro bowler. Okay. Uh, what's my other thing? Uh, uh, and a player going into a second year next year. So uh, basically a rookie from this a year. A rookie from this year. Yeah. Um, well, that's a good one. Who was, who was who were some of my, the top rookies this past year? Uh well, th- yeah, this year right now, the rookies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, James Robinson. James no, Robinson, let's go, man. <laughs> no, I'm not oh, going oh, okay, James okay, okay. Uh, but I'll tell you what. Oh. What would Dabble do? I'll stay in Jacksonville. Why not? Right. How much fun could, uh, could they have with LaVisca? You want LaVisca? All right. I probably wouldn't, though, in the real deal thing. <laughs> I'm just homering up a little bit. Although I, I think LaVisca's fun. Yeah, he's uh, very fun. Eh. That's a tough one. See, and, and right now you're chopped because you're taking too long. I got chopped. I'd, I'd, chopped. Have, to, I'd, stick with, I'd have to stick with LaVisca. You want LaVisca. So, so, so just so we're clear now, we got Dabo, we got Trevor, Lawrence, we got LaVisca Chenault, and Christian McCaffrey. And Christian McCaffrey. Not bad. Not, not bad. Not bad. You don't yeah. like McCaffrey? Like you, like, you don't like McCaffrey as much as you like Camara over McCaffrey? I mean, they're, they're probably 1A, 1B, to tell you the truth. To, to me, it's the injury history. 
But they're both kind of in the same boat with that. So yeah, yeah. I almost picked Russell Wilson just to be fun away from you and Mahomes. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> he might, he could have. He's still he's still pretty young. Uh, that's a good question. I like the question a lot. Thanks. Uh, speaking of Lavisca, did we get any Lavisca bingo? Not much. Not much. Right, because he actually had a really nice game. Great game. Especially on that two-minute drive. It was Not all him. bingo, though. Right? Yeah. But, yeah, it was all reception. I think he did have a carry for five yards. Yep. That was part of it. But I still haven't seen – we're about to take that pancake block off. That might be like a $10,000 winner because I'm not sure that's happening. Well, well, did, do we even know what happens? Take the touchdown celebrations off. I mean, was he – I no, guess he was in – he was, was he in, 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 in a, Yeah, he was in the last – Okay, yeah. The, the only one we haven't crossed off for this guy, is the pancake. is uh, pancake block. Yeah. So we're – Obviously, he was held out of the end zone. Didn't run out of the Wildcat. Yep. Uh, you know, some of these games the last two days, the last two games, I think, have taken LaVisca Chenault a little bit out of the game plan, you know, as how they want to use him. Now, they put him in in the receiver position. Yeah. And we have to keep an eye on his hamstring, too. You True. know, another guy that went down in that game and has had an injury what? history. So and it wasn't even with contact. It didn't look like so uh, something to keep an eye on. But I love this guy, man. I really do. Like, yeah. I, I think he has been everything I, I, you hoped he would be right now. I, but I do think the flow of the game is so important. You know, James Robinson in this offense, yeah. the flow of the game is important. You've got to stay ahead of the sticks so you can give it to him more. you got to keep – like he doesn't need 24 carries. He's proven that. But you yeah. want to be able to give it to him more in the second half, and they've been able to get away from that now in the second half of games because of the way the score has been. And I think Chenault works the same way. If you want to line him up in the Wildcat, it's got to be ahead of the sticks. Yeah. If you want to use him in on the jet sweeps, you've you got to have the right timing for that. If you want to split out and throw him a screen, you've got to be in the right formations, the flow of the offense, ahead of the chains, to be able to do some of these things with a guy like Chenault and I think even Robinson. You're not wrong, but I I also share the theory that Chenault can be the flow of the game. Like, he is the flow of the game. Like, if you need a changeup, right? Like, I mean, obviously, you get the fastball, you know, you got the slider, but if you need, like, a changeup or something crazy, Chenault can be that kind of guy. Like, you saw it with the 49ers. Now, granted, the 49ers got beat by the Eagles, but, like, Debo Samuel, who I always compare Chenault to. Debo Samuel was coming off, you know, an injury, first game uh, back for the 49ers. One would think, all right, let's ease him back into this offense, right? We got a lot of weapons. We still got George Kittle. We got that Brandon Ayuk, who, by the way, I mean, sir, how 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 high is your vertical jump? Because Chris Conley says, what's up? Like that was, You see that hurdle? That he I had? did see that hurdle. That was insane. I'm going to bring up the hurdle in a moment. Okay, cool. But my point is, listen, Debo Samuel, all right, let's ease you back. No, man, jet sweep for 10 yards. No, man, go go to a little hitch route for 10 yards. Like, they use Debo right away with no reserve. So, to me, when you have that kind of weapon, that can dictate the flow of the game. That can give you the, that home run chance or at least just a change of pace that you're looking for on offense. We had this conversation with a person unknown, <clears throat> okay. name will not be said, uh, over the weekend about a Brendan Ayuk. Yeah. I, I think that's how you say it. Here, uh, here comes the slander. You guys going to slander him? No, uh, no. He, okay. he was a fan of him. But, like, we were having a little debate about Chenault and him. Like, why can't the Jags get a guy that's hurtling somebody and explosive to the end zone? Mm. And I was like, whoa, time out now. I mean, Chenault just owned that drive at the end of the half yeah. that got him a field goal. Like, I mean, yeah, it's a highlight play. There's an explosiveness. Am I wrong to say, like, I'm okay with Chenault? I don't know he's not that explosive. He's a different kind of player, but he's a different kind of player that's kind of a cool player to have on your roster. Exactly. Like, 
I don't know what I'm saying is, yeah, great. The hurdle was awesome. He's explosive. But I'm not sure I'm trading Chenault for IU just because I saw the guy hurdle. Yeah, I mean, listen. Ayok, I think it is anyway. Why do yeah, you keep saying Ayuk? I, I think it's Ayok. Ayuk, whatever. I'm sorry. I should mess up his name. Um, Brandon. I don't know, man. Brandon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, do, do you want to draft? He was a first-round pick, right? He was, yeah. Yeah, so they were going to draft. I don't think they're going to draft him in the first round, obviously. And, like... But they're comparable well, I mean, in terms the, of where they were picked. They are, I mean, you they know, are. it's like 25 picks apart or something. I mean, I mean, I get it. But at the end of the day, how people were talking about him out of college. I mean, now, keep in mind, Shanahan loved him. Shanahan said he was going to be the, the, the wide receiver of the draft. Now, so far, Shanahan's looking pretty smart. But, like, look at DK Metcalf. Talk about explosiveness. The guy ran a, what, a 4-4, 4-3? Yeah. Built like uh, a Greek god? And what people say, well, and I even said this too, eh, the agility, though, is on par with Tom Brady. Well, I think DK Metcalf right now is having a pretty good career. So, like, they're always there. It's just, do you really want to buy into that? Because it's just one highlight now, all of a sudden, it's like, well, we should have got him. I mean, come on, man. Like, there's more to being a wide receiver than just hurling people. How, how many people has uh, DeAndre Hopkins hurdled? Is he yeah. an explosive player? No, but not guess really. What? Doesn't one, look it. But guess what? One of the best wide receivers in the, in the game today. Well, and even like Michael Thomas. It, yeah. You don't rave about his athleticism. No. You rave about his pinpoint exactly. routes and Listen, hands and everything else. DeAndre Hopkins ran with a four five seven. Okay, had an okay agility time, pretty average. But guess what? One of the best route runners in the entire NFL and one of the best wide receivers. Yeah, I just think we get a little carried away with, oh, that guy hurdled the best unbelievable oh, no, player. I, I mean, yeah. it's like, eh, well, I, I'm not trading. I think Chenault's been good for them so far. Yeah, Brent. Like, there's a don't, lot. Don't of, turn your back on the Terminator. There's a lot of other things to complain about for the Jags. Yeah. I don't think Chenault's one of them versus really any of the young receivers in the game so far. I think Chenault's just fine. I think it's been a great pick for him. Yep. All right. When we come back. Talk more football. But also, I want to get into NBA. I have a question or two about LeBron James. Is this thing a series, too? Jimmy Butler do that again? Or is that just a cup of coffee in the finals for Jimmy Butler? It's coming up on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. But we could really take this show off the rails if we wanted to go all, like, half politics, half sports. Austin Lane. I mean, have you been on Twitter lately? Do you, do you want 100000 extra $100,000? Do you want a scholarship? Let's go. Politics. <laughs> when we get back here. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Uh, we're able to, um, you know, to take a loss and, and, and understand uh, why we lost, understand things that we can that we should have done better and things that we can apply to the next game to be better. And, um, and we're right back at that moment once again uh, with the opportunity to be better than we were in the game before. So look forward to the opportunity tomorrow night. Welcome back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brent Morton, no Austin Lane. Cool. Jimmy Butler and coffee. You know Jimmy Butler likes country music? Real? Did you know that? He also is not very good at kayaking. These are a lot of Jimmy Butler facts. I like this guy. This is inspiration for this the Sunday for, thing. Yeah, for, yeah, for Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. He's a big country uh, country music guy. Who is he into? How do you know this? Uh, because I've listened. Uh, I've heard a station, and they had him on actually do the, like, he, he did a whole thing where he kind of took over the station for an afternoon or whatever okay. you know what what they did that music takeover or however yeah, they call that stuff. it was a country station uh it was a country that's station. awesome and so he um not in town it was it's a national no, station but and he uh you know kind of gave his his best whatever 
but I mean, he's deep. He was deep diving into the country stuff. This wow. wasn't just like okay. I, I yeah. like to listen to I once mean, in a this, while. This isn't a poser here. This is a real no, deal. Because like, I listen to country music and I hadn't even heard of some of these people. Wow, going some deep tracks. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy Butler. So I was pretty I was Jimmy pretty deep wild. tracks. Dang. Okay, I'm mean, well, he's from Houston, Texas. So maybe that's got some kind of influence on him. Then he, he played uh, his basketball at Marquette in you know Milwaukee, but it's you know there's some suburbs there, yeah. so maybe I don't know. That's cool though. Yeah, just interesting. Is he uh, stable? Have we established that quite yet? <laughs> stable? What do you mean? Well, you know, you, this, listen, we've had these Jimmy Butler discussions before, right? Like he was the guy that was essentially taking a bunch of practice squad guys and beating up the Minnesota Timberwolves when he was there. Then when he got to Miami, he was waking up at five o'clock in the morning and like working out when he didn't have to, like. And now he's into country music, which, hey, that's cool. I'm into country music as well. I'm just saying, though, is the guy stable? I think he's got a dog in a pickup truck, too. I mean, even even his playing style, is the guy stable? I'll ask it one more time. Coos? He's, he's got to be a little crazy to do what he's doing. A little crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he was talking smack to LeBron. You got to be a little more crazy well, than that. He a 30 bomb. Yeah, you know, true. Or Dropping. a 40 bomb, I should 40 say. 40 bomb, yep. I think he's uh, in his own little world. I kind of appreciate that about him. So it's crazy. A little bit. Yeah. I like it. I, I dig it, man. I'm yeah. crazy. We're yeah. good. I like it. Uh, are you crazy to believe that the Heat are back in the series? Well, let me ask you that question first, because you're the guy here that's like, the Heat got no chance, Lakers, you know, going to sweep, yada, yada, yada. What do you think right now? How are you feeling about this? Uh, I don't think they have a chance. Mm. I think he played out of his mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think we talked about it yesterday because kind of a lot of football on Monday. Mm-hmm. But I thought LeBron played awful in the fourth quarter. I thought he was terrible. Like didn't want the ball. Didn't well. Not only that, when he had it, he threw it away. Yeah. Um. I thought he was out of control. I think Butler kind of did get in his head a little bit. To be honest with you, it became LeBron's been so locked in, focused. Yeah. My view of that fourth quarter was LeBron made it about LeBron and Jimmy Butler instead mm. of about the Lakers. Did Anthony Davis has Anthony Davis still touched the ball since the third quarter? Oh wow! Like get seriously, him. did he touch the ball? Not really. And he had a bad game. I think he only shot it like. Uh, shoot, I had looked it up, but it's not a lot. No, he only went to the free throw line twice, which Especially means he's hanging out by the three-point line. As much of a mismatch as he, as he is. So was that an adjustment by Spolster in the heat? No, I think it was Butler went crazy yeah. and had a great game and hats off to him. And he took it to them. But, I mean, they just got to go back to the game plan. And the Lakers are going to easily win this series. Bam might come back tonight. I think he's playing, yeah. not playing. But, uh, yeah, the Lakers are just so much better than them that that was just a game. But I really thought it was more LeBron disappeared and – well, LeBron played terrible, he and did. Anthony Davis disappeared. That, that's yeah. why they lost that fourth quarter. And quite frankly, those two had been playing lights-out basketball for the last couple of weeks. They had a bad quarter, and they lost the game. And it kind of goes back to the point a little bit. When LeBron has a bad game, when Anthony Davis vanishes, who steps up for the for the Lakers? They, they simply yeah. don't, I don't think they have any. They don't really? Right? No. And like to but, me— but Butler has to go get 40, right? No, I mean, I how many you. teams do have that? I hear you. But to be fair, though, I mean, listen, with Anthony Davis, um, I mean, that guy's the X factor. Like, the, the, that guy's a human mismatch, especially with Bam out. Who are you putting Anthony Davis? Who's going to guard Anthony Davis? So, like, why? And once again, like, I, I, I understand. And I don't want to be like the guy, get off my porch kind of, you know, get off my lawn kind of guy. But, like, dude, if you're that talented of a player and you saw game one, game two, you had your way in the paint, why not just go to the paint and throw it to Anthony Davis every single time and say, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll take you guys in four and it is what it is. 
But like he wants to shoot three pointers. He wants to. And listen, I wish I had an Anthony Davis to grow up to. I wish I had an Anthony Davis who I could turn to my coach in high school and be like, "Hey, coach, what Anthony Davis is doing? Can I do that too?" No, get your butt back to the paint and post up because you're not touching a three pointer. But like Anthony Davis, he's good. He's a great shooter. Don't get it twisted. But I just think, dude, when you have that much of a mismatch, you got to go in the paint and you got to take over. Yeah, they just didn't play their ball. I mean, I yeah. would assume they'll get back to playing their ball. Uh, I'll say this about listen, you know me. I like LeBron a lot. Mm-hmm. Big LeBron fan. Yeah, uh, I, I like LeBron too. Yeah, big, I like watching him play. Sure. Uh, I I like uh, you know most everything about him. Really do. I, I think he handles himself as a as a star athlete, as an iconic yep. global athlete, yep. about as well as you can. Uh, Larry, and Bird now would never. I, Larry Bird would never. Larry Bird never. Yeah. I understand now. He's kind of put himself right into these uh, controversial, if you will, for you know, or these bigger topics that get people saying, you know, I'm on your side or I'm not on your side. Yeah. But even if you if you just go back to last year before these topics became more divisive and he became front and center on him. I've always said this about LeBron. I, I don't think there's an athlete that handles him that could handle himself the way he does. Oh, there's no way. With his status. I, I again he, he avoids back pages. He as far as we know hasn't gotten in trouble. I mean he's a great role model for so many. Yeah. And and now he's been willing to take uh, these social stances, which I think you've got to give him credit for, because a lot of people would hide behind the brand and legacy and not want to tarnish any of that. Yeah. You know, that's what sports stars sometimes do, and, and sometimes for good reason, but he's not doing that. He's put himself out there. So uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of LeBron. I will say this. I don't think... I Can he stop whining after mm. every play? Mm. I'm not a big fan of that part of LeBron. And, I, and this isn't new. This is LeBron's been doing this forever. Star athletes have been doing this forever. But, but it's you, exaggerated now. I feel like it's even more exaggerated than it has been. It's, I it's know exactly just, what you're talking about. It's just too much to me. Like I'm get, I get tired of that part of LeBron. Like yep. I mean, just I understand his 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 angst on this is he gets fouled on every play, right? So when then when he doesn't get a call, he gets mad. Well, then when he gets called for a foul, he gets mad. It's just I, I'm a little tired of that part of it. Yeah. It's, it's like a defensive back and a receiver in the NFL mm-hmm. where you get tired of a guy like always saying that he got pulled, always hands up after he t- tugged the guy and interfered with yeah. the guy. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, uh, incomplete pass, even though hey. the quarterback threw it 20 yards out of bounds. Jalen Ramsey also spiking people on their head, though, too. So let's show him <laughs> yeah, a little so respect. We'll get into that later. Uh, I can't but, wait. So it, it's just it kind of fits in that category, though, yeah. for me. Where it's like, all right, LeBron, listen, I get it, man. You don't get a call. You want more calls. You're a star athlete. You know, you're Michael Jordan. I don't remember him complaining this much because he probably got every call. Oh, thank you. Well, okay. uh, listen now. Mm. Go read see, the book. The book on see, Michael Jordan is he got every call. Nope. See, you, you're off to a great start. You had great points and everything like that. No, and, then, no, and then you had to bring up the Michael Jordan got every single no, call. Take point. the truth test right now. Yeah. The book on Jordan is he got every call. Yeah, but the calls weren't. He became the superstar call. That's where this this no, narrative listen, even, even I understand. Was but up. at the same time, though, the calls weren't as intense as they are now. Like if you get breathed on, you're getting called. Yeah, you know, like back in the day when yeah, you drove the play. Yeah, did you did you remember the the Bulls Pistons series when they put it to him every oh, single play? Yeah. yeah. So like he wasn't getting calls there. Now eventually, when he got those championships, things like that, yes, then Jordan got a lot of calls. But to me, this is why, and I understand once again, get off my lawn, kids. But this is why it's not even close in the debate of who's better, LeBron. James and Michael Jordan, right? Because 
to me, the best player of all time is the player that I enjoy watching the most. Now, I love watching LeBron James because he's a facilitator. He's a shooter. He plays great defense. Um, he's a freak athlete, throws those crazy dunks. Like, LeBron James can do it all. But Michael Jordan, man, like, when it was crunch time, Michael Jordan wasn't passing the ball. Michael Jordan's going to win the game, put the team on his back, right? LeBron James, on the other hand, wants to pass a little more, get the team involved. That's why I think uh, Michael Jordan will always be the best player in the NBA of all time, just because it almost seemed like he wouldn't let his team lose. He wouldn't let Jimmy Butler say what he did and then, I mean, have consequences to that. You know what I'm saying? Now we'll see what happens with the, we'll see what happens with LeBron James tonight. Maybe he comes out and pulls up a triple double, and we're not talking about it anymore. But I'm just saying, from the entertainment value, from the value of not complaining after every single call, I don't think you know Jordan is in the, in the same boat as LeBron. James. Well, and I don't, I don't, I don't remember Kobe being in that. But I just think he complains all the time. It, it's every time. I I just wish he would stop that part of it. Listen, you're not going to get calls, man. Go out and make another play, and and you're going to win probably, and you're going to have a triple double because you're really good and all that stuff. I I just don't like that part of his game yeah i just think it's too much and and too often and it just has a whiny feel to it you know the one other thing about lebron in my opinion uh you said jordan and we had this discussion too it's funny we were talking about this a bit this is just like this is like a one of those thirty thousand foot views on on the whole uh who's the greatest of all time right yeah. and and most people would say jordan and everybody thinks jordan and and the conversation well like the jacks put out something on social media the other day and like as they were walking by the camera, mm-hmm. they were saying Jordan or or LeBron, and all those young guys were saying LeBron. Yeah, it's it's fascinating to me that he has entered the conversation with this young group of athletes, like this even professional athletes, because they, they don't know Brent. Yeah, they don't well, know. Well, they just watched the Last Dance too, but the Last Dance didn't didn't have that impact on them. They, they were big on LeBron. Yeah. So. Which is kind of cool, I think. I mean, that shows you what LeBron has been, right? Sure. It's like that tiger effect. Yeah. And so I think it's really neat. But I I also, I don't feel this. I do think LeBron's next in line. I think he's the second guy. But I, after Jordan? After Jordan. Even better than Larry Bird? Oh, quit. quit. Oh, uh, get that. It's going to be a button. Record that conversation. Yes. All right, go but, on, Brett. Sorry. I never said Bird was the greatest player of all time. Uh, you talk like it, though. Well, I mean, yeah, he is yeah. to me. I'd rather watch him than Jordan play. <laughs> oh, but uh, go on. I go would. on. Yeah. Uh, so, How many three-pointers can you watch? All right. <laughs> we, we, we have Steph Curry available. Want to watch him? But I say this. Jordan, there is this aura about him. Yeah. Right? These guys, there's this aura about him. I don't feel that aura yet about LeBron. And I wonder if that comes in hindsight. You know, like, I wonder if that comes when his career's done. There's not like this, see, oh, greatness. Like, Tiger's still doing it, and yeah. his aura about Tiger Woods being one of the greats of all time, probably the greatest. Here's where that aura comes from, though. When Jordan was in the finals, he wasn't going to lose. Like, you, yeah, I feel like you tuned in, to, whether you're Jordan liker or you're a hater, you tuned in because it's like, this guy, is he going to win again? With LeBron James, he's human. There's always a possibility that he's going to lose the finals. Now, probably not this year. But it's had, it has happened in the past. I think Jordan was so godly because the guy never lost in the finals. He always won championships. Hey, Nick, can you listen to the finals tonight on ESPN 690? Yes, sir, I think we can. Yep. Game number four on ESPN 690 tonight. Yeah. Make sure you check it out after Live Local Loud. Yep. And after our show. Watch some one more hour to go. Here's some dunks. Here's some three-pointers if you're a Larry Bird guy. Hey, Anthony Davis, get in the lane, buddy. Get in the lane, though. Yeah, we, can, we, we both agree on that. Get in the lane. We'll be back you're on ESPN 690. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.